waffling on about. No, although I think he'd like my feet. No, he wouldn't. They're like Monster Munch. My feet, like yeah. Monster Munch. Like big Monster Munches. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. As ever, this is the second pod of the week and is therefore our topic pod. October 2019 is 25 years since Pulp Fiction, the masterpiece Quentin Tarantino film, was released and absolutely wowed everyone and basically cemented Tarantino's reputation as a fucking genius. In that light, we are going to be taking a look at some of the films that uh, we like and wondering what would Tarantino do because we've just heard that Tarantino is going to be involved in writing a... Star Trek film. A Star Trek film of all fucking things. So what <laughs> other uh, film franchises could we talk about or films that we've seen What and kind of imagine what would Tarantino have done with them? So, okay, we'll just throw the ball out there. So when we were on our little group WhatsApp, sort of like, what should we do this week? You know, we were having ideas and stuff like that. Wow, the new iPhone has three lenses. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, Dan's got a new iPhone. Uh, so, yeah, if anyone knows uh, what he looks like, uh, he's got a new iPhone in his pocket. And so you should mug him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. So, we threw out a uh, an idea, and the idea was, what would the King's Speech look like? So, this, wasn't, this was uh, an idea from one of our listeners. Oh, was it? Yeah. This was Alex Ailes, who uh, got... What got film was- were we talking about? We were talking. We talked about no. That's those. I, I mentioned it to you from one of our listeners. Oh, okay. So he uh, he mentioned it to one of our Facebook. Group. Well, let's say it again. Who was our? Who was that person who did uh, that? Alex Ailes. Alex Ailes. Yes. Nice suggestion. Yeah. So we kind of ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. So so we we me and Tom just started talking about what would happen. So his suggestion Both was. Both of us are frantically looking at our phones. Yeah. His suggestion was the King's Speech, which, which is I, a great, idea. which is a really really good suggestion for. Um, for a for a Quentin Tarantino film, I'd like I like it to be exactly the same, up until the big speech at the end, which is just Tim Roth's speech about his like undercover story from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so this is from Alex Ailes. Then he said, "I'd go for the King's speech. I'd like to see some strong drug use added, or maybe Michael Ad- Michael Madsen playing the king." That, Michael Madsen playing the king. That was what got me. Michael Madsen as the king. <sighs> So when we started thinking about um, who else you could surround him with, typical Tarantino types. I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. was, I don't give a fuck what you think you know about speech therapy. We started talking about Samuel L. Jackson as the speech therapist. Yeah, that'd be so good. Say one more time. I dare you. I double dare you. Yeah. Uh, there were some more as well. I'm trying what to find What does it. King George the... <laughs> was it King George the Sixth, is it? Does he look like a bitch? Yeah. Steve Buscemi is the Archbishop of Canterbury was your idea. Yeah, Steve Buscemi is the Archbishop, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but play... We should have Winston Wolfe turning up. Yeah. Just somewhere <laughs> along the lines. Winston Wolf. Who was playing Who was playing Churchill? Tim Roth was playing Churchill. Tim Roth was Churchill. Wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, Uma Thurman is the queen mum wandering around bare feet. Yeah. Was your suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stepping in corgi shit. <laughs> yeah. And Tarantino and, uh, would love that. Just washing them off. Yeah. 
So I thought that was a great idea to start with. Michael Madsen is the king. Can you just imagine though? People would just be, but they'd be having innocuous, you know, because everyone's having conversations about. In Tarantino films, one of the hallmarks is people, people in extraordinary <laughs> situations having, yeah. a, you know, normal conversations. Yeah. So. <laughs> So you just, you know, and they're always about ridiculous things. So like when they you're right, Duncan. It's the fact that you, it was clear that you were eating and then you can hear the rappers going. It's, but it's not me. It's, I'm, I'm pausing to no, let Dan me. chew. You were chewing and you were like... No, oh, it wasn't. It was me. Oh, well, well, well. oh fuck it. Chewing. Okay, it so something about Tarantino. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... I think that was a great suggestion, King's Speech. We've had some more suggestions. Mm. Okay, deal. Do you want to go through these before we go through any of our own? Definitely. Yeah. Let's bring them up. Um, right, here we go. From um, uh, from the Geeky Dad, which is our friend Will, uh, who I've been on the podcast, and you're, you're due to go on the podcast at some point, Tom. I did tell you the story of what happened. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So you're due to go back on the podcast at some point. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, he's got three suggestions, and I think we need to work out who plays who and what we're going to do with these uh, in the Quentin Tarantino style. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with Herbie. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino takes on Herbie the love bug. <clears throat> thing is, though, I don't know enough about the other characters in Herbie to think about. I mean, I assume there's a driver. Yeah, and Herbie doesn't speak either. No, well, sort of communicates with like honks and wobbling. Yeah, so I think so. So, oh, how about Bruce Willis? Because he's he rides well. I know it's only a motorbike, mm. but I, I don't know. It seems somehow appropriate. Well, he, he, before driving. he gets the motorbike, he drives that little car. Oh, it's yeah. a bit like you know, it's not a million miles away from a from a Beetle. So let's let's start with the fact that Bruce Willis, I think, has probably done something he's trying to outrun. So, like, whether it's rob a bank or kill someone or something like that. And he just hops into the first car he can find. And then all of a sudden, Herbie's complicit. Starts... So it's, basically, it's the taxi scene from Pulp Fiction, but it's Herbie that turns up instead of a taxi. <laughs> there you go. That's nice. the one. I like yeah. that. So he's just, he's, just had a bo- he's just thrown a boxing match then. Beep, beep. Oh, he's just not no, throwing a boxing he, match. He, he's meant to throw it, yeah. but he kills the other guy. Yeah, he? in the ring, yes. Yeah. So now he's trying to escape quickly. Uh, Herbie is an innocent... Um, vehicle that gradually gets a taste for the dark seedy life that Bruce Willis leads <laughs> in uh, the in the realer than I mean that's the point yeah. isn't it think about these films in the realer than real world yeah I mean that's what Tarantino calls it yeah the sort of almost ultra violent alternative so, to the world we live in so Bruce Willis turns up at his house yeah to pick up some clothes yeah uh, he sees um, he sees the Mac 10 on the yeah. counter so he he picks it up but oh no What's his, what's his fucking name? The actor Vincent. Vincent. Oh, Vincent Vega. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he's nowhere to be seen. So he's he's already leaving the building because he didn't realize he's not there to go somewhere else. And Herbie actually is the person that kills him in the end by running him over. <laughs> and just goes beep beep, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> and then Herbie and Bruce Willis go off to live a happy life together. But it's not happy. No, it's like somewhere fucked up. Yeah. Eventually, I think Bruce Willis sells Herbie for scrap. <laughs> sells him out no or uses him as a mule like somewhere fucked up like cool like the 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 <laughs> drug dealer that eric stoltz plays yeah um lance um you know he 
I don't know, maybe they could end up trafficking drugs in Herbie's yeah. trunk. Yeah. Mm. Herbie becomes a mule, but every, but it uses his cute innate cuteness. You know, all wobble, wobble, honk, honk. Everyone just goes, there's no way that he's doing anything wrong. Yeah. Hey, what's Bruce Willis doing? And gone. Yeah. You know, and the heroines across the border. Either that or there's a mad chase and in like a Bonnie and Tyler. Bonnie and Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> in a Bonnie and Clyde style, the police just end up shooting, shooting up mm. the car. Killing Herbie and Bruce Willis with total eclipse of the heart playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. What if Herbie goes, you know, almost full Christine? There you go. Yeah, literally. Her- Her- Herbie goes car. fucking bananas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Herbie goes motherfucking bananas. <laughs> that would be quite funny. So, one yeah. question that uh, Paul Edge had for us is: Who does Tim Roth play in all these films? That's the thing. Yeah. Tim Roth will have a bit part. He'll be he'll be a mechanic or yeah. something like that in a Herbie yeah. film. He'll tell a, a story. mechanic that has like yeah. a, a seven minute dialogue or like a monologue yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. He'll tell a story about like his experience with Herbie. Now look, like talking cars are just fucking five a penny. I mean, look, my mate down in yeah. in South London had one anyway, and he was giving it drugs and stuff like that. So all I would say to you is give it a try because you never know what's going to happen next. Just give it some heroin, stick it in the fuel cap, and you know it'll be something along those lines. Yeah, or he'll be go. like the consultant wise old owl, like he was in um, the Hateful Eight. Yeah, where he was at, he was pretending to be the um, uh, uh, hangman, the executioner, isn't he, for the town one yeah. across. Talking about the um, the methods and the the way he became, you, know. you can always tell when people are evil motherfuckers in Tarantino films because their exposition is just so long. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. and actually in real life, they always say, if you ask someone out uh, a straight out question and they give you a massively detailed explanation back, it's usually because they're hiding something and they've <laughs> meticulously worked out an explanation yeah. as the cover straight away, and that's what they will say to everyone. Okay, so next film. Okay. Next film. Sorry, did I bore you? On the list. <laughs> no, it's just a long monologue, so I started thinking you were evil. Um, so, next film is Men in Black. <laughs> so, let's start right away. Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones are out. Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta are in. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got to be Vincent Vega and Jules. Yeah, as the Men in Black. As the Men in Black. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be. We, sh- we should have noisy crickets for this. Yeah. We <laughs> should. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so who would be Zed? Well, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means Uma Thurman's in it. Yeah, so Uma Thurman would be. I mean, how can we find a way she'd get her feet out? Uh, maybe she could be. Were there any weird? Oh, okay. So she's the. She's the science, Linda Fiorentino's character. Yeah, she's basically the, the pathologist. Okay, so she's the pathologist, but yeah. um, she even Linda Fiorentina, whatever fucking name is, yeah. um, she had that line like, oh, do you know what I like to do when it's really late and there's no one around and stuff like that? It's not, you know, masturbating no. or looking at dead people's willies or anything like that. <laughs> no, no. It's walking around in her bare feet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. That's it. There we go. Tarantino gets what he wants. Yeah. So do we. Who's going to be the... guy? <laughs> I mean... It's either Tim Marcellus R- Wallace or Tim Roth. It's Tim Roth, <laughs> but no, it's, no instead, that's, it's, that's, it's a gimp instead. Yeah, but, that, but that's that's too that's too big a part yeah. for Tim Roth in this film. True. For the, the, I'd like the gimp 
there'd be multiple gimps and they'd be two foot high and they'd replace those little cigarette smoking aliens <laughs> that scamp around all the time. Either that or they are still the aliens, they're just in gimp outfits. Yeah, those aliens gimped up. Yeah, there you go. That's the answer. So uh, maybe Michael Madsen then is the... Uh, he'd, he'd, play play because he'd, be, he'd play the bug. Cause, yeah, because yeah. he's a big dude. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. a tall guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the bug. He's that. Yeah. Right exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Edgar, your skin is hanging off your bones. Yeah, <laughs> I love that old, that woman. Um, so, so, what happens in the film? Well, I mean, pretty much the same thing. So, there's a lot more swearing, and yeah. instead of like, instead of asking any questions whatsoever, they literally just get their guns out to everyone. Can yeah. you imagine how quickly a lot of this stuff would have happened if they just? With killed no wisecracking. No wisecracking, just kill people. Looking, what, aren't they also looking for something? Mm. And you have to have the line, which one... I can't remember what they were looking for in Men in Black. They're but looking for just the so galaxy you can have the line, which one's yours, the one that says bad motherfucker on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be... The, just... the MacGuffin could be the uh, Marcellus's suitcase. Yeah. Which with is... a mysterious just... glowing thing inside it. Yeah. So there could be like an instance where they turn up at like these. Um, oh man, I shot Jeeves in the face. <laughs> yeah. Where the they gun turn, went off. I don't know why. Where they turn up at like they, these, do, they do shoot him in the face. They yeah. do, yeah, they but do, they just yeah. keep doing it. <laughs> where they they turn up at like these like really dorky aliens' house, mm. and then they have the whole like the cleanup operation. Yeah. yeah. What does he look like? Does he look like a bitch? Yeah. Kind nice. Thing. Yeah. That type thing as well. <laughs> You know what some dickless son of a bitch did to my what did to my flying saucer? Keyed it. <laughs> yeah. And where would he? Where would he? What been? do they? What do you know? What do they call a quarter pound with cheese on uh, on Blurg on Six? Blurg on Six. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the thing as well. Because in in Pulp Fiction, Vin, Vince's character has been away in Amsterdam for three and a half years. Yeah. So so he's been like on a different on Blurg on Six yeah, exactly for like three that, and a half yeah. years and has just come back. He's like on been on some sort of secondment. Who would? Oh, Tim Roth. Tim yeah. Roth would play the dude guarding the door. Yeah, with the big fan. Yeah, mm. who inexplicably has a big monologue. Yeah, there you We're go. Guarding this fan for twenty years. <laughs> I've yeah. seen all sorts of motherfuckers walking in here. Some some people come in here with suitcases full of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. That sort of veered into seven. Yeah. A bit though. A little bit. That's yeah. Fun. Next up. It's in my eyes, it's a remake of Inglorious Bastards. This one, mm-hmm. but that is a Tarantino film. Police Academy. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Police Academy yes. done as Inglorious Bastards, though. What is that? Which one? Police Academy Four: Mission to Moscow. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Any of them. <laughs> I mean, that's the one that you could turn most into a Tarantino-esque film. Has anyone seen <laughs> all the Police Academy? No. Have you? Have you really? <laughs> yes. How many of them are there? There's a lot. There's, I mean, five. at least six. No, there's more than five. Yeah, there's more than, more than five. There's at least six. There's fucking tons of them. <laughs> Absolutely fucking tons That's of them. That's all mission to Moscow. It was yeah. quite good. So, so the, the whole, like, the bear Jew scene is done with the guy who does the funny voices. The for starters. So, so you know when you hear him, like, hitting the baseball bat <laughs> on the side? Yeah. Like, as he's walking out of the tunnel. But uh, th- yeah. there, is also, there is a really... What's his name? Hightower? Yeah. The massive guy? Yeah. He's not the guy that does the funny voices. No, he's not, no. No. No, it's God, what's his fucking who does the funny voices? It's gonna annoy me. Anyway, so he Six. Did, 
so he gets to the um, he gets to the end of the tunnel and he's not actually holding a baseball bat. He's just making the noise of a baseball bat hitting <laughs> against the and like everything he does to the guy is just him making noises as if he was hitting. <gasps> him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh no! Now a helicopter's come. <laughs> yeah, doing his um, electric guitar impression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Haven't yeah. even invented electric guitars. Yeah, and Steve Gutenberg on a uh, just just basically trying to take down I don't know who are the bad guys in police academy films uh, so in the first police academy films the main bad guys are the punk gang yeah in the second one where they all come back they're to... sent to the worst print precincts in the city that's right then there's then they're sent over to <laughs> sent over to <laughs> Moscow <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine that there are no racial stereotypes in that film at all <laughs> What's the one where they end up? No, it's it's re- Moscow was the seventh and last. Oh, yeah, I know, but God. see what I mean? It's really fucking. Yeah, but I mean, there's one where they end up in Miami, isn't there? I'm yeah, like there's Miami. Uh... Police Academy Five assignment, Miami Beach. That's it. I've got the Wikipedia page. <laughs> on, so you can't tell, can you? So anyway, yeah. The, so let's let's go with the one where they they sent to the worst precincts, and they've got to reinvent themselves as like being feared. So as a result, they start doing all this vicious stuff, but they do it in a very police academy way. So yeah, yes, Steve Gutenberg with a big scar across his neck, just <laughs> <laughs> but making making wisecracks, but yeah. not good ones. Yeah, like really dark wisecracks that he that he makes do. He makes good and yeah. Bobcat. Bobcat. He's the hey! <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's that's Tim Roth. Yeah, yeah, no, he's the he's the uh, the little man, whatever they call him in in, in glorious yes, bastards. Yes, yes, yes. They call me. They call me the little man. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there we go. He, um, Tim Roth was great in th- in was it Four Rooms? Was there there was a yeah. film called Four Rooms, wasn't it? With Tarantino at the end is like a mental mm. businessman who like makes. Um, Tim Roth's character cut his own thumb off and eat it, yeah. and uh, and you know for for like I can't remember how much much it was for like hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Just literally just threw it at it. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> just smacking that there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think him as Bobcat would be fucking hilarious. Mm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did you ever see that Family Guy episode where it was like they were, they flicked over the channel on the TV and it was just um, a game show called Bjork or Bobcat, <laughs> and all you heard was this. <laughs> And the person went, well, that's Bobcat. Like, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Bjork. (laughs) (laughs) Predictably. (laughs) Although my favorite one was the um, the bit where they turn over and it was, and now we're back to Garofa Ruffalo. (laughs) Mark Ruffalo and Janine Garofalo in Garofa Ruffalo. (laughs) Just turning the telly off. Right. So, Uh, yeah, those are the suggested ones we had anyway. mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yes, we do. From the Adventure Authority, in fact. Uh, Transformers. Then we'd find finally get to see sexy shots of robot feet. Um, nice. Failing that, Indiana Jones set in the sixties and have it about Nazi drugs or something. <laughs> Love it. I actually thought Indiana Jones would work quite well because mm. um, you had you would have Tim Roth as the Nazi who wants to open up the Ark of the Covenant. That's definitely and, Tim Roth. Yeah. And then you have uh, Samuel L. Jackson just lift it up. And then Tim Roth's face uh, melts because <laughs> you know the bit in the well the cafe of opening up the the case. I think I just 
that's all I have. Hmm. But I thought it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so and for Transformers, uh, Uma Thurman as Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, what with just a robot body and then her feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, she looks good in yellow. So. so, if you're doing Transformers, who who else would you get to do the voices in Transformers? I think you've got like Buscemi as Starscream would be quite funny. I think <laughs> Buscemi as Starscream, yeah. but going full on Rockhound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. Michael Madsen is obviously uh, Megatron. Yes. Yeah. Although, yes. Okay. Yes. I'd bring back someone uh, like would... Eddie Bunker, mm. um, who played Mr. Blue, yeah. with the sort of the proper whiskey blown voice, um, as uh, the little, um, the little, you know, there's that little transformer in the second one, I think it is, yeah. sort of almost <laughs> like the Igor, like, yeah, because yeah. I think that'd just be funny. I think he's got the right voice for that. <laughs> Don't worry, you're doing the right thing because he sort of shuffles over to Megatron, <laughs> you know. Anyway. There wasn't Chris, uh, Christopher Waltz in there as well. I mean, yeah. just as oh, maybe he's as Megatron. the German Transformer. Maybe, maybe he's no, maybe he's Megatron actually. Mm. That's a big yeah. Oh. <laughs> so then, if you've got Christopher Waltz, then that frees up Michael Madsen to potentially play. I don't know. Well, somebody's got to be Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime, maybe. Yeah, Michael Madsen doing the voice of Optimus. Prime. He's actually quite a good character though in Kill Bill. Yeah, uh, in part two, isn't he? He's, yeah. the, he's one of the only ones that respects the bride enough to be mm. to ambush her. Yeah. So he, I think it's about time he got to play a goodie. Because yeah. I don't think Optimus Prime is all that he's cracked up to be. You reckon? Even even <laughs> robot even robot chickens sent him up. Yeah. Like they, there's this moment where they all three land on the Earth. And Optimus Prime goes, we all need names to blend in our human names. And Bumblebee goes, okay, I'll be Bumblebee because I look like a Bumblebee. The other one goes, okay, well, I'll be... I don't know, what's another good one, isn't it? He's like, and I'll be Optimus Prime <laughs> so everyone knows I'm in charge. <laughs> and then Bumblebee just goes, dick. <laughs> so, like, you know, I think he can afford to be a bit of a cock. Yeah, Kevin, Michael Madsen mm-hmm. is playing Literally Optimus rules... Prime. The Cybertron- Cybertronians yeah. with an iron fist. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Any more films? Then? And he actually shows no one uh, uh, any mercy. No. Any mercy? No. Or Eddie Murphy? No mercy. No. Does show them Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Yeah. So watch Training Places. It's great. Click. It is great, to be fair. It's great. Yeah. Um, any more for any more? Anyone got any more? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the Nazgul sort of get more focused because they're looking for the ring hmm. and uh, <laughs> it just turns out that the inscription on the on the ring and when chucked into the fire is actually um, the dark language of Mordor saying bad motherfucker on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than one uh, I thought that was well I like that <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny no so, so the Nazgul are no longer like ethereal, like ghost-like beings. They are just guys in black suits with white shirts and black ties and sunglasses now. Yeah, and one of them who, who ride dragons. You ride dragons. Yeah, they still ride dragons. Yeah, um, one of them's called Mister Pink. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Why am I Mr. Pink? Yeah. They're not dragons. Mister Pink sounds like Mister yeah. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're correcting yourself there, Russ. You're not correcting me. Some somebody was going to write in. Okay. 
they, I mean, they, they weren't. We know they're not. We know they're not dragons. <laughs> sure. Okay. What? What aren't dragons? The things that the Nazgul ride. Mm. Well, what are they? They're fell beasts. They don't, they're, they're not, they don't really have a name. They're referred mm. to as fell beasts in the books. I reckon we've already. What spent... does fell beasts mean? Okay. Well, you know, nasty beasts. Mm. Well, what does fell mean? Nasty. Fell. Yeah. It's like it's meant to be considered like um, tainted. Tainted kind mm. of like uh, foul beasts. Sh- we, I honestly don't give a shit what we call them. <laughs> the stubborn understains of Sauron's underpants made corporeal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, the wrongens. Yeah, beasts. yeah. The the winnets. Yeah. <laughs> the Bobby Danglers. <laughs> Dangleberries. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's horrible. And Sauron's dangleberries did get snipped from his anus <laughs> and turned into the Nazgul's, was it steeds or whatever, <laughs> the fell beasts. Oh, they're riding, they're riding dangleberries, Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's one of the fireworks, isn't it? Yeah. Poof. And this is like, oh, God, dangleberries in lights. How do you make them smell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, anyway. His cloak must just reek. Mm. What, Gandalf's cloak? Yeah, I reckon. Of sm- arseholes. It smells of farts, probably. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, they just must just hold them in. It's a natural <laughs> Dutch oven, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you Definitely. think when he takes it off at night, it's big guts. It's just, <laughs> just... When he sits a down... A big green cloud. When he sits down in bag end and just, like, a little bit of, like, fabric lifts up a little bit as he sits down, <laughs> just lets the bad smells oh. out. It's why Jedi always keep their... They always put their arms inside their sleeves, isn't it? Because <laughs> It's because then it's completely airtight. Yeah. So it just can't get out when they're standing there. <laughs> no, they just... Like, waste... It's probably best we don't shake hands. <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford to break the seal you on this want, one. You don't want an oscillating movement anywhere near this. There's <laughs> 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 just a noise that sounds like the word boff. <laughs> they open their arms. Boff. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bit sidetracked. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So what else do we think Quentin Tarantino would do with Lord of the Rings? Gollum would be the gimp. Yeah, there you go. Go- Gollum would be like a strung out meth head. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Uma Thurman um, would obviously make a very good elf. Gim- Gimli is the gimp. Oh, yeah, Gimli. Gimpley. Gimpley. Yeah, Uma Thurman would be an elf who like sort of like dances in. She's Gladriel, isn't she? Yeah, but yeah. like, you know, she's snorting Focus lines of coke the off of yeah. the off of the mirror of whatever. it's Oh called. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely. And someone gets killed in that as well. Like mm-hmm. head straight into that, and yeah. Then Honestly, the gimp. I mean, when he was writing that film. What was like? I mean, at this point, it's like, what's what's the worst thing that could happen to a bunch of to a couple of guys? Like, oh, they could get caught by a gimp owning pair of hillbilly rapists. One of which is a police officer. One of which was a was a fucking police officer. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, let's put that in. <laughs> How do we want them to die? Samurai sword. Uh, yeah, samurai sword. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm a big fan of seven samurais. <laughs> <laughs> samurai sword. Yeah. Yeah, but well, let's have a scene where he chooses weapons. Yeah, I love it. Brilliant. Just yeah. print it up. <laughs> Fucking mental. Yeah. Fucking mental. Is this where I say that I don't think Quentin Tarantino is as great as everyone else seems to think he is? Mm-hmm. Stop ruining Tarantino. I think he's. I think he's a little bit overrated. Yeah, of course he is. Mm. 
Sorry. Uh, Emma hasn't seen uh, Pulp Fiction, so we were going to try and resolve that at some point. Fuck it. So Pulp Fiction, I really like. I'm just, and I think Kill Bill though is just. He rightly deserves his reputation. I, I think, he, I think his reputation is deserved if you look at his back catalogue and just, and just take those first two films. It's very rare that directors make such an impact so fast with just two films. Oh yeah, no, there's no denying that he's had a cultural effect on movies. Yeah, I just don't think they are. The masterpieces that a lot of people think. Reservoir Dogs isn't the masterpiece. Mm. The Reservoir Reservoir Dogs is basically, as as everyone says, a, a sort of an, almost an updated version of Taking Pelham One Two Three. Mm. Um, that's very. I haven't even, I haven't even thought about that. But that's no, which is true, which yeah. is very true. And he even takes the naming conventions with the villains with colours as mm. from that from that film. Um, whereas Pulp Fiction is. It, it, you you could watch it now and still really enjoy it, but actually you would sort of think, oh, it's quite you know people use that kind of mechanism in films quite a lot now. Mm. It's like they do now. Yeah, it's one of those films that's been parodied to the point that if you watched it, it kind of loses some of its zing because yeah. it's been parodied so much. He, I, I I genuinely believe he deserves his reputation because of the impact he's had. I don't I don't think I, I think when it's applied to when it's applied to films like Django Unchained. Mm. Which I, I personally think is highly overrated. I think that's a really overrated I, I, film. Well, I, I, I happen to... I quite like all of his films. I just don't think that they are all works of genius. No, no. So, I, yeah. See, but I, I'm, I'm totally different. I love yeah. Reservoir Dogs. love Pulp Fiction. Mm. I'm not a big fan of Django Unchained. Mm. And I, don't mind, I don't mind saying that because, you know, apart from some fantastic acting in it, especially from Christopher Waltz and yeah. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio... Um, I think Jamie Foxx is a massively overrated mm. actor, except for him, his turn in Collateral, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Um, he was really, really good. Um, I, I'm a big fan of um, Inglorious Bastards. I think that's great, but I think they should they should have taken more care to clarify that it was an alternate reality <laughs> Second World War. Why, why? I mean, why would they need to? <laughs> Sorry, why would they need to? Because I, I've, I've seriously had conversations with people that have said it's the kind of thing that the OSS would do. Mm. And I was like, well, to a point. But they wouldn't, they, you know, not that we know of. I don't think they would. It's meant to be like that. a Commando Comics version of it is. history, mm. basically. It's, but yeah. it's like, but it's the real of the real world. That's yeah. the point. It's, the, it's almost Tarantino thinking, you know, this is my cinematic universe. What would have happened? Mm. And the, the point is that. He was absolutely right, you know, because there's that bit where Hitler's posing for a painting, yeah. and you see the 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 um, map behind him shows the Nazi Empire, you know, having been achieved in the East. Yeah. So it's almost like saying that in the realer than real world, the Nazi Empire would have won yeah. in the East, and now they've got the, the the Armada going over. You know, they talk about oh, and the, you know the Armada's going over in in whatever year. And everything seems a bit more desperate on mm. the Allies' side. So you kind of think the, the bastards are the kind of the result of everything being even more desperate because Hitler's won in the East. Yeah. They've got more of a struggle ahead of them. But the, it's... I mean, it's, it's obviously not historically accurate. Like... Alternate reality. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, it's, once again, that's another film that I don't think is a work of genius. I think it's a good film. But I don't think it's one of those ones that... Pe- I think people... People overblow a lot of his work just because he's Quentin Tarantino. Michael Fassbender is likely to become a new Roth-like. Mm. Yeah, 
definitely I could see that. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Emma um, found. Uh, she won't mind me saying this. She finds Michael Fassbender incredibly attractive, and found him incredibly attractive as a German officer. She found it a bit. Oh anyway, yeah. Anyway, well, it, she liked Fassbender in a uniform. SS yeah. uniforms were made by Hugo Boss. They Everybody were, yeah. fancies Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Just a fact. Yes, I fancy Michael Fassbender. Yeah. He's yeah. the kind of man that would turn my head. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I let him. <laughs> Then there's like the Kill Bill. I just thought was I wasn't a big fan. I thought Kill Bill was all right. I think it only needs to be one film. Like, yeah, same. I yeah, just think I he quite need... like the Robot Chicken mm. uh, par- Easter parody of that. <laughs> it's brilliant. Hmm. Sorry, no, I, don't, I, I just I, I don't know what it is. I, I just think he, really I just think he deserves. I think he deserves credit for being able to take on so many different styles of of film. Even to the point where he is, his you know Kill Bill involved animation and hyper hmm. hyper sort of martial arts scenes and you know incre- I mean actually you know, the 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 two Kill Bill films are of such varying tone and style. The first one very much a more manga inspired crazy insane hmm. fight scenes, whereas the second is much more of a spaghetti western much more talking the action scenes are few and far between punctuating you know discourses yeah conversation reasoning yeah i know where they are actually the, the, all that you know that the, there are some i mean there are some great moments and that's the thing i love I, you know about tarantino films mm. is that they're they are and pulp fiction is arguably the one that gets away with it the most because that's its structure it's about series of moments it's about series of little stories mm. little bits that you never forget no one will ever forget the conversation between Jules and Vince. No. About the cheeseburgers and hash bars. So I think he writes dialogue very well. Incredibly well. I, I just think that... In, I, I know what he's doing with Kill, but I just don't think he's doing it that brilliantly. Like, okay. So I think... Um, I think it's good. Like, I, I think Kill Bill's a good film. Yeah. Um, I So I recently watched Ad Astra, and one of the biggest complaints with Ad Astra is that it pretends to be this Oscar-worthy film when in actual fact... It's just trying a little bit too hard. And I think that about Quentin Tarantino sometimes. Mm. I think sometimes it comes across as worthy when in actual fact it's just that it's a Quentin Tarantino film and people see it that way. And I th- that's on me. I think that ruins my enjoyment a little bit. Whereas in actual fact, what I should be doing is just watching it for what it is, which is whether it's a good film or not. And a bad consistently film. remember that what he's trying to do is he's create is is he's even when he's dealing with sort of almost realistic subject mm. matter or stuff that's happened like World War Two or mm. or whatever, violence, gun crime, gun, gun regulation, that kind of stuff. He's he it is set in his realer than real world universe. Yeah, everything is more fucked up. So sometimes I think a lot of that feeling of trying too hard comes from him trying to place it in the rules of his universe but i don't think it makes him a genius is the point i i think what he does is is relatively genius mm, i mm, i think it's it's disguised it's very well polished but i don't think it's it's that impressive like it's more than i could do don't get it's, me wrong but yeah i think it is genius it's kind of no. if you, it wasn't genius everyone would no, be doing well, it. Well, maybe unique is the wrong word but you know there is there's always a it's not a feel but it's sort of got a kind of trademark type yeah style about it yeah there is that i just think that he can get away with stuff that other directors couldn't get away with just because of the his early part of his career yeah yeah but then that's the, that's true of people like ridley scott 
Yeah, I don't disagree with and that. And also, it's also true of people like fucking James George Lucas. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I, I, I think that sometimes he gets more credit than than for some of the stuff than he. I just don't think it's. I get it. I mean, yeah. I get where you're coming from. I just don't agree because I, I think, I think, I think there comes a point where if you can, if you can, have such an impact on, on movie making, on culture, mm. on pop culture. And be spoken of, even you know, even if even if that was twenty years ago when he was being spoken of in those terms, I, I think just because that hasn't lasted all the way through. I mean, hmm. fucking hell, Alfred Hitchcock is dead, and yet we still talk about him as a genius. Yeah, well, I, that's the thing. I I wouldn't class Tarantino in the same bracket as Alfred Hitchcock. But they're both responsible for cultural shifts and impacts in movie making and consumption of media. No, I don't think Quentin Tarantino is that responsible for that. What he's done is taken other things and made them his own whereas what alfred hitchcock did was take something that had never been done before and and turned it into a film uh, again though it's it's about it's about rating people about the times they're in tarantino mm. is in the 90s where technology has advanced and 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 being able to being able to repackage and allow people to consume is at that point considered genius because he's taking, he's he's bringing up to date. He's basically doing almost like what Christopher Nolan did to Batman, which I think was making it gritty and more consumable mm. to a wider audience than just the. Because obviously, for you, you're a big fan of Batman as the comic mm. book character. You want him to be the world's greatest detective. Yeah. But on the cinema front, people don't want that. People want gritty. They want it, and actually, Christopher Nolan succeeded really well, almost to a point where you could say, actually, that was pretty genius what he did there. He managed to package the Batman yeah, character no, into a consumable format, in the same way that Tarantino with Pulp Fiction took pulp media and the typical mafia stories that are usually preserved in, um, you know, trash dime store books, and repackaged that for the mod for the modern audience. Hmm. The mobster who has to take out the wife of the big man, packaged perfectly into the. Um, into the story with the heroin overdose at the edge, the um, the boxer that has to take a fall and ends up having to try and you know fight his way out of um, you know the low the, the debt that he now mm. owes to the guy that employed him to take the fall is perfectly packaged up into the gold watch situation. Then you've got the Bonnie and Clyde thing, and you know what I mean. It's like I, know, that, I, I get that, it. That's Tom. that's genius. That is genius. It's not. No, I, I, w- I would challenge. It's you not to, defining to, an entire cinema genre, which is what Alfred Hitchcock did. But I'm saying it's about the time that Tarantino's alive. He's not going to redefine. No, so so I, but what I, he's going to do is is to is to reformat and repackage mm, stuff, uh, other media forms into a more consumable and hyper. No, no different from what the Coen Brothers do. But they're genius. The, I love the Coen Brothers are my favourite filmmakers. Okay. But I don't class in the same league as like Alfred Hitchcock, as we've discussed. They're good at what they do. They're very good at what they do, and they're very polished. And that's the one thing I do like about Quentin Tarantino is that you know when you watch a Quentin Tarantino film, he hasn't half-assed it. Yeah, I, I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that it's about it's about people's place in time. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock is a genius because he's doing something that no one's ever had the chance or possibility yeah. to do at his time. Tarantino wasn't alive at that point. So he's a genius of his age. I think genius is too strong. Like I think it's I think it's not, I think it's one of those things that people can dip into a film and say Quentin Tarantino's genius. Where there are other people doing like I think Christopher Nolan, what he does is closer to being a genius than than Quentin Tarantino, for example. Okay. 
Interesting. Just by what he does with the actual filmmaking. Yeah. Whereas what Quentin Tarantino does involves a lot of... It's generally an homage to something, more often than not with Quentin Tarantino. Whereas what Christopher Nolan does, he pushes the boat. He does things with sound, for example. He does things with uh, score, like why he's always using Hans Zimmer. does things with physical effects that other people aren't doing at any one particular time. Whereas what Quentin Tarantino does is... It's still great. It's great story story writing. Story writing. It's... Uh, it's um, generally very well put together as well but it's not in this it's not the same if that makes any sense I, I, ooh. i'm just looking at uh uh hitchcock's uh filmography i, mm. I don't know there is maybe tarantino is more of a control freak because you mm. know he does write a lot of the just a significant amount of thing of the screenplay but also writes mm. quite a lot of the film so maybe as a director he's not necessarily the best but as a film writer he's, he's oh, yeah. it's I, unique and... I want to stress I'm not slagging off Quentin Tarantino Quentin Tarantino no, is do. very very good I, I just think yeah. I think I think you know the genius label is is so often used i think to describe people who aren't hmm. but i think there are some people who do deserve it. i think duncan hits the nail on the head of actually and makes my argument better for me i think potentially maybe as a film maker he's not a genius but you know i mean i've i've read the the first drafts of some of these hmm. films and stuff because he he makes them freely available hmm. and it's i mean it is genius like how to 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 sit down and write these things and to go through the process and, and take years to perfect these things is like an almost, because to be, to, you know, they, Dr. Evil actually says it's, um, you know, genius is, is borderline. It's that, you know, that only, that only the genius possessing the insane lament is a drive to, is a drive to achieve what they're doing. That mm. is more, genius isn't necessarily just about being smart or unique. It's mm. about being able to channel yourself so precisely to mm. achieve an aim that I that's 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 why I consider Tarantino to be genius to mm. his, for his work, especially his early work. So even as a very young guy, a guy who's so driven to do this thing that he just incessantly talks. You know, people always say about Tarantino, he just mm. talks and talks and talks and talks, talks and talks. talks, talks. It's this energy, and it's and it literally he the only way he can channel that energy into mm. anything productive is by in writing, which then opens the door to a director. So what I love like, about Quentin Tarantino, yeah is that he's clearly someone that loves films. Yes. Like, he's clearly... like It's getting to a point where he's obviously bored of making films because he says he's going to do one more film, and then he's done. Yeah. And that, I don't believe that for a second, by no. the way. But he's clearly someone that loves films, that is a student of films, mm. that watches films, and probably makes notes when he sees something cool in a film and says he's got to include that somewhere in a film. And it comes across with so much love of the medium... In, yeah. in all of his films, and I, I do, I appreciate that totally. Yeah, I think he probably possesses a genius level intellect. His ability to retain information. Yeah. Is, oh, he's, he's obviously incredible. very smart. Yeah. 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 And he fucking loves feet. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He loves. Feet. Yeah. To yeah. to a fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. Probably a bit much. Probably to a fault. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we I didn't mean, actually well, do. Well. I mean, there is uh, what Grindhouse and Death Proof more were. Heart, I don't know, but watch. They didn't. The synopsis and the trailers to them of them didn't appeal to me, but I know that they had quite a cult. They kind of reached a more cult status 
uh, following. So um, I don't know whether the point is that, mm. yes, I'm agreeing with Tom that he's mm. a genius. Um, maybe he is... Uh, oh, uh, pi- semi-pioneering? Uh, because he did do something different. Yeah. And that that you have to... Doing something different and doing something different and then being able to sort of take your own theme and that's something that is quite... You can tell it's a Tarantino film, but it's not that each film is directly replicated and therefore it gets boring. Well, maybe Kill Bill is the example of it mm. getting too far, but then he's sort of gone back a bit and Hateful Eight is... I haven't actually seen Hateful Eight yet, but that is going to be pretty smart again so the fact that you can sort of reinvent yourself but still using some of the same mm. yeah uh, yeah it's smart hopefully hey, hey, it's good you should you should check mm. out it's it's a good film i i think i think what he does really really well is take those cult films that, that you kind of mentioned there and makes them accessible to to more people basically that wouldn't necessarily get the references from the films yeah. and puts them into films and then they want to go and study what it is that Quentin Tarantino has been watching and, and is inspired these films and as a result more people go and watch these cult films that, that probably wouldn't he makes he makes the cult accessible to, to mainstream audiences I think what you call me? <laughs> I called you a cult. Yeah. <laughs> you massive, massive yeah. cult. Do we have any? But before we go, do we have any more films? Which is what we were meant to talk about. That we'd like to see him take yeah, a run yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, got a couple. Go on in. So I'd quite like to see him do a remake of the greatest film of all time. Yeah, which you know we all agree there's no need for any debate. It's Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, in particular, <laughs> I'd like to see like a really tense sort of 15 minute dialogue scene between Robert Muldoon and <laughs> one of the raptors <laughs> where it's all sort of like shifting balances of power and yeah. kind of very tense silences you think one of them's got the upper hand and then suddenly just they say one word out of place and it's gone the other way and it just ends with the line clever girl and just cuts to black and you don't know what happens <laughs> Tim Roth would play I mean, one of the raptors. I would, <laughs> would probably keep. Uh, you would have to keep Jeff Goldblum though in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just not in that scene. He's lying topless in the command command room at that point. Yeah. So let's let's start with the fact that um, Uma Thurman can be in it. Let's start with the fact that the I think the CGI is taken out and it's replaced with Ray Harryhausen style uh, uh, stop motion. Yeah, yeah, animation yes. for all the dinosaurs. Yes. It, it would be go motion, but yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. And the and the uh, the actual very, how... it very nearly was like very really? very nearly was. Yeah, really. Yeah, they they were planning to do it go motion until someone at ILM was like, I've "Been playing around with this thing. Come and have a look at this." Holy shit! It's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Can you make it sneeze? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That. Yes, we can. <laughs> no, but that was a model. That was a model. Yeah, of course yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park look better than in all the other ones because most of them are actually fucking models. There you go then. Yes. But yeah. So yeah. So for starters, stop motion. Animation. Go motion. Go motion animation. Sorry, Russ. Um, other than that, what else would he do? Like apart from the the monologue with the 
the raptor, the conversation with the raptor. I mean, there'd just be a lot more shooting dinosaurs in the face and, and doing swear-laden quips at them. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think before Dennis Nedry's spat in the face, he spits in the dinosaur's face as well <laughs> and puts a cigarette out on his... Like, just uh, goes, yeah. fuck you. Snout, yeah. the, uh, the triceratops that's lying unconscious on the floor gets yeah. revived with an adrenaline needle to there the There you heart. go. <laughs> yeah, that'd happen as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a fucking magic marker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, um, and when after the lawyer dies, they sort of they all meet up, and what's his what's the lawyer's name in it? Gennaro, uh, yeah, yeah. Dicky just goes, "Where's Gennaro? Gennaro's dead, uh, baby. Gennaro's dead." Doesn't have quite the same snap yeah. to it, does it? <laughs> Feels, well, felt a bit laboured. I, know, I, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I get it. I, I saw where you're going. Saw where you're going. Someone. Oh, the briefcase is. Uh, he opens it and it glows, but it's embryos. just it's full of yeah, full of yeah. embryos. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and um, Laura Dern doesn't wear shoes throughout the whole film, and uh, Uma Thurman's <laughs> feet are CGI'd onto Laura's Dern. <laughs> yeah, the bit where it's yeah. the the T Rex stepping in the puddle, yeah. and Alan Grant's got the little girl yeah. and saying, "Don't move!" It's just Uma Thurman's, Uma Thurman's giant feet <laughs> on a T Rex. Her vision is based on movement. <laughs> Um, and the kid that gets electrocuted on the electric fence dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, but but no, like um, like dies like you know the uh, in the Green Mile. Yes. Where they don't put the water on the sponge. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. literally, like incinerated. Yeah. Fucked yeah. up. Yeah, really fucked up. Yeah. Um, so well, I thought when well when climbing, he they would uh, they'd turn around and just go. I bet you thought this would be uh, easy, and the kid just goes yeah for a second there i did or because you just gotta have that it's good and then they just shoot him in the head yeah yeah at some point sam, shut up motherfucker at some some point sam neil's gonna have to cut a bitch with that raptor claw as well <laughs> yeah yeah do you know the uh the the kid from jurassic park was john deacon in bohemian rhapsody really yeah tim i didn't know that yeah well no, you, you now you do that, yeah what other films you got russ uh, I would like to it's a bit tenuous the connection here I would like Quentin Tarantino to direct From Dusk Till Shorten the uh, movie that's hinted at in Spider-Man Far From Home yes Yeah. Uh, so I'm imagining so it's, this is after the zombie outbreak Ed is kind of like he's still a zombie but yeah. he's sort of you know he's still Ed they're still friends they're going on a road trip to uh, a road trip to Cornwall, I think, yeah. and they uh, they stop off for the night at a little country pub just off the A three o seven one at Newbridge, yeah, um, which turns out at midnight to turn into a den of West Country vampires. So, wouldn't you just have the Winchester become the Titty Twister? No, no, okay, find them. <laughs> no, it needs to be more isolated than okay. that. Um, and Tim Roth would play the enigmatic landlord that sort of <laughs> gives them spooky monologues while they're while they're drinking. And they have lots of, you know, long conversations over a pint. Then it all gets full of fucking vampires. So would he direct it? Would he be in it? I think he'd direct this one. Yeah. Yeah. With Edgar Wright. Yeah. Co-directed with Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright would do the second half, the action half. Mm. Tarantino would direct the first half, the talky half. Yeah. Such a game of two halves, that film, isn't it? <laughs> really? It's like, it's so strange. I remember the first time I watched it, like just with yeah. some mates, yeah. and, and I was like, huh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but the whole first half yeah. of the film, you just—I was sitting there like, God, this is like classic Tarantino. This yeah, is yeah. so weird. This yeah, is yeah, so yeah. dark. Like, mm. this is so crazy. Like, 
that you know the Gecko Brothers of I mean apart from having a stupid name are, are like really cool like George fucking George Clooney mm, like really good tattoos yeah he's yeah. like he looks really cool like and then and then all of a sudden Salma Hayek turns into a vampire I was like what? <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> and Harvey Keitel like making crucifixes out of everything like what the fuck is going on yeah it is. Um... <laughs> It I is something of a film. surprise if you don't see it coming, that's oh for sure. God, I did not see it coming. Like I remember my mate was just like, hang on, hang on, no, no, don't, no, no, yeah, like, hang, on, hang on, hang on, it's going to get really funny. And then I remember watching the Salma Hayek bit where she's like dancing around and stuff and thinking like, oh, this is cool, yeah, this, mm. this, this is interesting, I wonder where this is going to go. I approve, I approve of this. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where this is going to go. Yeah, that really took me by surprise. Especially when she morphs on camera as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, that was the bit I literally turned to my mate, I, I did make that noise. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see. see like, if Tarantino did something like Watership Down, you know for a fact. If he Watership did... Down pretty much is a Tarantino movie. I was going like, to say. Well, especially when the mixomatosis rabbits yeah. are up here. Like, he can do it. Like, no difference. <laughs> you know, just like they're the vampires, man. It is from Dust to Dawn. Yeah, Lord. yeah, yeah. Mm. <sighs> Freaky. Freaky, baby. Yeah. Oh, any more for any more? Yeah. No, I, I I need to um I need a wee and to go home. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. We think we're done then. Sweet wee wee time. Well, that is that, and those are the films that we would like to see Tarantino Tarantinoing. Uh, if you've got any other suggestions for films that you think Tarantino should be taking on, you know, aside from Star Trek films, then let us know on our social feeds, our handles for which on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are at tmtooh. And don't forget to interact with our theatrical. Uh, with our sister pod, Theatrical Cut, who are on Facebook and Instagram under the handle at Theatrical Cut Pod. And on that note, we say goodbye to Duncan. Cheerio. Goodbye to Russ. I was trying to think of a Tarantino quote and they all disappeared from my head. <laughs> goodbye to Dan. Um, yeah. It's diff- difficult under pressure. Yeah, like, I was trying to think of a Tarantino so, quote. about cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah. that um, blah, bye. <laughs> and... It's goodbye from me. And if you shoot that man, you die next. I repeat, <laughs> if you shoot that man, you die next. And on that note, let's cue the music, which has to be Miss Loop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs>